This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And yours truly, Frank Proctor. And we told you we'd see you next year. Well, yeah. Here and here we are. And Grace is over there in the control room. Looking pretty oh, and oh, that's a fib. <laughs> Grace, Grace has been partying for the last while, I think. Yeah, She's taking young. life easy right now. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, Charlie Dobbin, it's cold enough out there to freeze the prickles off a cactus. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Well put. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, um, hmm. yes, it is rather chilly today, but it's going to get warmer. Uh-huh. It's going to, you know, still be negative, but it's going to get warmer. But this is one little cold morning. My kitty cat wouldn't even go out this morning. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, he well. He typically goes out through anything. So. Is that right? Yeah, oh, well. stuck his little nose out there. And What's his name? Carter. 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 <laughs> Carter the kitty cat. Carter. Mm -hmm. Um, Our cat, Dickens, has just discovered the hallway in the apartment building. And now he tries to scoot out. And, but when he gets out there in the hallway, yes. we're right at the very end of the hallway, he looks down this long corridor and he, like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, yeah. So, phew, right back, back in. in. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Anyway, it's a, it's a brand new year, 2010. Mm-hmm. Hope everybody had a wonderful uh, New Year's Eve and uh, post uh, right. day. That's often, often a problem. A little hangover or two. Made, made it through, though. And yeah. Today we're all feeling good. And oh, yes. Ready to go. We're ready to attack everything. And we must, uh, right off the bat, uh, repeat our mantra here yes. uh, for the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. It's call early, call often, one question per call. And if you'd like to email Charlie, it's cdobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at am740.ca How about the phone numbers? I'll get those in and then I'm going to let you loose on all that information you're just <laughs> dying to chuck out there. Okay, it's 416-360-0740 for those calls from Toronto and anywhere else in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740 uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I now unleash the talents of <laughs> Charlie Duff. Oh, you know, you're welcome. Well, a couple of couple of announcements to share. I think I'm hearing Okay, go ahead. Huh, I'm, I'm yeah, know, I'm hearing I'm hearing a voice in the background yeah, there. For some reason Grace is coming okay. across the headphones. Anyway, we won't worry about that. I think I can, it's okay for me to just go ahead and yep. uh, carry on with some events that are coming up. Sunday Jan- Sunday, January 10th. So, week tomorrow, Anna Leggett will address the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society on Wildflowers of Australia. So that, uh, Wildflowers of Australia... Is that an actual name of a group? Plant? No. <laughs> oh, no, Wildflowers. Hardy Flowers? No, just oh. Wildflowers in general of Australia. A uh, person who's, like I say, Anna Leggett is a quite an interesting woman. She's a nature interpreter. She's a, a lifetime member of the East York Garden Club. She's a botanist. She's a master gardener. She's all kinds of things. So Sunday, January 10th, this is happening at... The, the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is, as you know, the southwest corner of Leslie and Lawrence. The, uh, there's a picnic lunch. It all starts with a picnic lunch. Mm-hmm. The week tomorrow, socializing starts at noon, and the speaker, Anna, will begin her presentation at 1.30. So, nice thing, nice way to get out of the cold. Yeah. Next Sunday, Wildflowers of Australia. Get growing with Anna. That's mm. right. Mm, nice. And uh, one other thing, the Burlington Horticultural Society is having a general meeting on January the 13th. That's a Wednesday. In the evening, 7.30 to 9. Uh, this is um, their general, you know, sort of mm-hmm. normal general meeting held at their normal location, which is the Senior Centre on New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. The featured speaker is Tony Post. He is speaking on the subject of hardy tropical plants. Are you getting a theme there on what people are talking about in the middle of winter? Mm -hmm. It's all about the tropicals. And, of course, Tony Post, he's from St. Catharines, actually. Um, Hardy tropical plants. 
you know what he'll be talking about is things like hardy bananas and, and plants oh. that are tough enough that sometimes can survive outside uh, palm trees, these kinds no of... No kidding. Yeah, man. that have just been selected to be a little hardier than, than the average wussy plants. Now, they're not going to live at my <laughs> house outside, plants. but they yeah. might live at your house because <laughs> it's warmer where you live, believe it or not. Uh, Burlington Hort Society, always all members. Mm-hmm. Everybody's welcome, not just members, but public's welcome to come. And obviously, it's an opportunity to renew memberships. Okay. Um, so we're just got a little note there, but that's like, oh, I see we're hearing Charlie through Frank's mic. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, indeed. So I guess I'm going to move over closer to oh, you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here, oh, let me move. And we'll go for a break, and then uh, Grace is going to sort out some of our technical stuff. Okay. <laughs> Back in just a moment with Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show. I'm Gene Stevens, and this is the AM740 Music Vault. This is where I go every week to find you all the swing, country, R&B, jazz, and early rock and roll known as vintage favorites. This Sunday's Vintage Favorites continues the historic order of number ones that top the charts for 10 weeks or more. The Super Hits of the Vintage Era, Part 2, this Sunday at 2 from AM 740. With Royal Home Improvement's renovation dreams come to life. Your outdated basement could be a modern home office, home theater, or home to relatives when they come to stay. Instead of just a hole in the ground. As for that extra main floor bath you need to make life easier, that and a sunroom off the kitchen are an addition away. At Royal Home Improvements, every renovation starts with a dream. Then their project managers carefully consider how a change will affect the structure, livability, and value of your home. From concept to completion, Royal Home Improvements is there with your renovation solutions. Managing your project so you don't have to. Call now for a free, no-obligation in-home estimate and take advantage of the government's home renovation tax credit. Make one call and relax. 416-236-4400. That's 416-236-4400. Or visit royalhomeimprovements.ca. Royal Home Improvements, improving your tomorrow today. Hi, this is Murray Siegel of Sunday Showcase wishing everybody a very happy and safe New Year and hoping you'll join us every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon right here on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Men, are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Don't ignore your prostate health. See your doctor for checkups and call for a free bottle of beta prostate. Beta-prostate is a natural supplement that helps your body support prostate health. Your prostate affects the quality of your life, including your sleeping habits and intimacy. Beta-prostate has plant sterols shown to support healthy urine flow and healthy sleeping habits. And beta-prostate is so powerful, you'd have to take 100 saw palmetto capsules to get the same plant sterols found in one beta-prostate. New customers can get a free bottle of beta-prostate. You only pay shipping and handling. To get your free bottle of Beta Prostate, call 1-800-730-1905. This offer is for one free bottle per household. Call now and try Beta Prostate for free. Call 1-800-730-1905. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor. Yes, Hi, good morning, Frank. everyone. It's... Uh, Pleasure to be here with you again. Mm-hmm. Well, now 210. Yeah. And the phone numbers to reach Charlie 416 360 0740. If you're uh, anywhere else in the province, it is toll free 1 866 740. For 740. Now, I had a few notes that you wanted to pass along there. Well, remember we had a call last week from Nancy in Cambridge, and she was talking about a plant that she referred to as the SOB plant. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Also known as the Star of Bethlehem. Right. And she was commenting that it's just a real problem. You know, hugely invasive. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been able to figure out how to get rid of it. All right, so a little bit of quick research on that, Nancy. And, yes, very commonly called mm-hmm. Star of Bethlehem, bulb plant, Proper name is Ornithogalum. Go ahead and say that. Ornithogalum. Ornithogalum umbellatum. 
No frassin' me, huh? <laughs> no, no frassin' you. <laughs> Member of the lily family. All right, so ornithogalum. Interesting, many, many species out there, considered a very beautiful ornamental plant, but also a huge problem in some situations, particularly the northern United States, where uh, this plant has been known to be highly invasive. It prefers full sun to light shade. It will take any kind of conditions in terms of, in terms of moist or dry. Uh, growth occurs, obviously, as you know, with every bulb during the spring, then the foliage withers away by midsummer. Now, there's no problems with uh, pests or diseases, so they're not, bugs and, and diseases aren't going to wipe it out for you. And as people have tried to eliminate this plant with uh, chemical herbicides, they haven't been successful mm. because of a waxy layer on the leaves. Which protect them. That's right. That uh -huh. waxy layer sheds any liquid chemical killers. And, of course, that aggressive little plant just takes right over. And, and it can be a huge problem. So if you spot this plant in your, in your garden, because you will sometimes suddenly mm -hmm. see a little white flower. Star of Bethlehem, because it's a little five-petaled star-like white flower eight to ten inches tall in the spring, uh, do, do pull it and be careful because it does spread obviously by seed and by baby bulbs that uh, form at the base. Like I say, highly, highly invasive um, and poisonous as well. So that's the other thing. Ooh. Now, the, when you say poisonous, to humans or... Livestock to, and livestock, humans. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Not that we would start chewing on it, but dogs, cats, and obviously yeah. in fields, in pastures, mm -hmm. it can be a big problem. You know, cows and horses, etc. So yeah, you don't want it. You don't want it. It's really, really hard to get rid of. So you see it. <clears throat> dig get, it out. Get it out of dig there. Dig it if you can. But I guess yeah. that's one of the hard things is people really have done serious digging and thought they got rid of well, it. Well, wasn't it Nancy? You had shows. the whole backyard, you know, she had down to five inches. Yeah. And it came back. So because it was even deeper. So that's the thing is I, I I'm a big believer in suffocating and smothering and using those dark tarpaulins mm -hmm. we were talking about mm -hmm. last week that the dark will heat up the soil, sterilize the soil, and kill any plants beneath the, the dark plastic with the sun shining mm -hmm. down, right? Nice, all the worms and stuff can get out, they yep. move, but the, the plants can't go anywhere, so they just bake. And that's a, it's a great way to uh, eliminate problem plants. Uh, now, a couple other things just to mention. I did, every now and then I do get uh, a question mm -hmm. via the email system that we have. Um, speaking of which, before I even get to this, Holidays. Some people are going on holidays. Right. You know, cruises and winter, you know, summer, or not so much summer, but sunny climbs mm -hmm. that attract people at this time of year. So if you're going to miss the show, if you're not going to be here on a Saturday, take your, take your laptop with you. You can listen anywhere in the world to our show at the website at www.am740.ca. But we are also podcasting, yes. which means that all of our shows are archived. And you can, if you miss a show, or you want to, as you mentioned, you miss a part of a show and you want to hear something again, you can always go back, go to iTunes. You have to download the free software. but That doesn't take long at all. Not at all, like 30 seconds. Get that free software into your, into your computer, mm -hmm. and then from iTunes, just do a search. Search using my name or uh, AM740, and you'll see The Garden Show, and you can listen to any of the archived shows, so shows from the past. Well, that's kind of neat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, uh, so we're we, podcasting. They we're... bolted us into the future is what they've done here. <laughs> that's right. Which for me is a huge leap. <laughs> we are throughout the universe. Well. Yeah, that's pretty cool, eh? Now I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. It's, it's like the guy I realize when he first goes in front of a national audience that, you know, millions of people are, his, the eyes are upon him. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah small crowds Frozen. aren't so scary. Frozen. No. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's not true. I'm not, I'm not nervous about that sort of thing at all. Really, I'm not. No. Uh, I get more t tongue-tied in a one-to-one -one conversation. Really? Now, isn't that funny? Yeah. That is funny. Well, I think it's because it's the basically I'm an introvert, you see, oh. not an extrovert. I, I only am an extrovert, I think, because I'm an introvert. Uh, yeah. Really? I'm, yeah. Not, I'm just trying to process that. I was just going to think when you have a crowd, it's yeah. the it, say, drama queen. Well, I'm, you. I'm, a, I'm a ham. Yeah, you are. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're, I'm a ham. But, but aren't hams <laughs> extroverts? Sort of? uh, no, no, like all comedians are probably very serious people. Yeah. They sit down in a little booth in a luncheonette and write <laughs> their routines, you know, really. And they approach comedy very seriously. That's right. No, absolutely. You know, and, and in many cases, I think most of them are introverts and they only overcome that shyness, if you yeah, will, by, getting by being 
an extrovert or being blatantly outward. You out know? there, yeah. yeah. In your face. But I stop at taking my clothes off. Oh, okay, okay good. Yeah, good. That's good. Good to hear. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, phone numbers again. I got to give, right. <laughs> give these to you. 416 And uh, of course, anywhere else in the province, it's toll free 1 740 4740. Now, here we're blathering along because, uh, well, folks out there might think, that, you know, hey, uh, there's nothing happening in winter for gardening, but there's a lot to oh talk gosh. about, right? Well, yeah, there's a lot to talk about because it's all about house plants at this mm -hmm. point, indoor plants. Yeah. And this is an interesting email. A woman named Andrea sent this question, and what's interesting is that she's got an outdoor plant. Uh, well, here, I'll read the question. She says, I bought one of these plants. The subject of the email is Heliborus, or, and Heliborus or Helleborus is uh, commonly called Christmas rose or Lenten rose. It's a perennial plant. Anyway, let me read this. She says, I bought one of these plants and it had lovely white flowers on it. Uh, she refers to it as the Christmas rose, Helleborus niger. It was blooming and finished, and I put it outside this summer where it grew quite well. I have brought it in now, and this was back in December, and all it does is grow green leaves, no flowers. I have fertilized it, and it's about six feet from a southern exposed window. Now what? Uh, you know, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So Andrea doesn't tell me where she lives, but uh, she's somewhere in Ontario. It's a Rogers address. Now, <clears throat> first thing is, Andrea, hopefully you're listening. This plant should have been left outside year-round. This is a plant that is hardy and should be... Now, maybe she's got a condo or something mm -hmm. and it was above ground in a pot and she was worried it would die outside. I'm not sure. Bottom line is it should be in the ground and it should be outside. Bringing it in was not the good best plan. I'm not sure how it's going to do inside. It may just stay away, alive as a, mm -hmm. as a house plant. It's an evergreen. It's a lovely, lovely green-leaved plant. So evergreen, looks the same year-round, but very, very early in the, in the spring or late in the winter, flowers will emerge. Well, they call it the Christmas rose because in England it does flower right around Christmas time. Here, usually it's 40 below yeah. or 20 below, so you won't get a lot of flowering going on at Christmas, but it will flower very, very early. So it could be flowering in February or March. Mm -hmm. That's where the Lenten rose common name comes from. So inside the home, Andrea... For now, I would just look after it as a houseplant, water as necessary. You could never put it out now. But if you can, next spring, do take it out and get it in the ground and leave it outside. With my hellebores, I pack leaves around them in the fall just to keep them from getting wind-burned yeah. in case there's not snow cover. Because snow will obviously keep them nice and warm. And the reason she, she may not get flowers this year just because it's not getting enough of a proper temperature yeah. extremes. And that's so often what does uh, cause the, um, the flowers to form is you know, the extreme temperatures. Um, so that's what's not going on in her house. And like I said, treat it as a house plant, get it outside, leave it outside once it's out there. Okay, Charlie, good right. enough. Good words of advice. And I will return to more subject matter and your calls here at the uh, Charlie Dobbin Garden Show from AM 740, 416-360-0740. Out of town, obviously, call, collect, we'll pay the shot, 1-866-740-4740. Back to Charlie and the questions and answers right after these. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Grace is our producer, of course, as per usual. That's the first voice you hear. And as a matter of fact, uh, she has already spoken to Sonia. Sonia's passed the grade. She made it to the airwaves <laughs> from Scarborough. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning. I like to know that uh, I have a lot of big plants and small plants in the windows. Mm -hmm. Do that create a lot of condensation on my windows? I have an awful lot of moisture always on my windows. <coughs> and when I spoke to my uh, furnace, uh, technician, he said, "Is all the plant to create this moisture in your house? Get rid of them." Mm. Okay. Well, yes, because you're watering the plants, uh, you know, at the base into the soil. Mm -hmm. The water and moisture is going through the soil into the plants, and some of it is evaporating or releasing from the leaves of your plants. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you are contributing to a higher humidity in your home by having the plants in your home. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, uh, do you have a humidifier? 
Yeah, no, I don't have. We don't have the humidifier on the furnace because we always found the house being very damp. Yeah, too moist. The, Mo yeah. What I would recommend, rather than getting rid of the plants, would be to do whatever you can to increase the air circulation a little bit. Do you have a, any ceiling fans in your home? Yes, or? I do. If you could turn your fans on a very low rate mm -hmm. and just have the air moving a little more, I think you'd find that two things would happen. One is the um, moisture wouldn't build up on the windows, which is good because you don't want that condensation thing, the ruts, the, no. the, the wood frames, etc. So keep that air moving a little bit. It'll also be good just to, to spread some of that humidity around the house because it's very good for us to be in the humidity that those plants are providing. Mm -hmm. So uh, And not to mention the oxygen that they're releasing. So the Plants are actually really making your environment a better environment for people. The main thing now is just to get the air moving a little bit so that you're actually dispersing some of that moisture and oxygen. That's what yeah. I would do. Don't get rid of the plants. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to because that has sort of been my life, you know. Yeah. And uh, I love it around the house with the plants, but the humidity is always between 60 and 70 percent. So you must have a very se tightly sealed home. Like well, it must I thought it was the opposite since... Um, you know, because on a very cold air, I open up and air out, and the humidity would really drop down then. Mm. Well, uh, and, and a cold day it will, and it, sh it, it naturally does outside. The colder the temperature, the less moisture that the air holds. Yeah. So, yeah, we do see quite a, and that's when we'll always see more condensation on our windows as well, yeah. right? With our, our, whether it's our plants providing humidity or our humidifiers, but one mm -hmm. way or the other. Um, so a little bit of moisture, not unusual at no. this time of year when it's this cold. But, but yeah, like I say, I try to not get rid of the plants. Just try and move the air a little more, and I think you'll find it'll be a little drier. Yeah. The dehumidifier we use in the summertime, yes. that wouldn't affect anything in the wintertime, does it? Would it if you wanted to lower the humidity in your home, you could run the dehumidifier in the winter, just like you do in the summer. Like, if it's really that high, you know, 60%, 70%, yeah. um, certainly bringing it... I mean, plants love that, that level of humidity, as they do, do people. They do well. I'm telling you, they really growing well, you know? It's interesting. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But, you know, you could run the dehumidifier. That'll take some moisture out of the air. Just you yeah. got to remember to empty it every now and then. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so Thank much. You, Sonia. I enjoy your program. Thanks, Sonia. Have a wonderful 2010. Okay. You too. Uh, thank bye you. Bye. Well, it's off now to Burlington to say hi to Liz, and I think we have an Af uh, African violet question mm. coming through. Is that all uh, right, Liz? Hello, oh. Liz. Hello. Good morning. Yes, I would like um, to know uh, how to uh, look after African violets. I never have any luck with them. Hmm. I've been given a few, but I don't have any luck. Okay, uh, great question, and this is where I, I wish my mother was here, because you know this is another <laughs> one of these things where my mother is the, the expert on African violets. I'll tell you what she does. She's very successful. All right, do you have the African violets, are they in a window? Yes. And what direction does that face? Is it, it morning? It's facing uh, south. Oh, okay. So, and now a south window is a very bright window. I would. Do you have shears over that window or blinds? No, it just uh, um, a vertical. So I, I usually have them open during for the, the sun. You know. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. Get the sun in during the day. Warms your house up. Close them at night. Keep the warmth in. Mm -hmm. If that's your exposure where you want the African violets to be, I would not have them right in the window. I would have them no. a few feet away on a table. Could be four yes. or five feet away from the window. Yes. That's fine. Uh, because it's a little too cold. African violets mm -hmm. don't want to be right up close to the glass uh, yes. just because it's a little too cold. Never water African violets from the top because you never want the leaves to get oh, wet. Oh, that's what I've been doing. So if you're watering African violets, you can very carefully water just the soil from the top or, easier, fill the saucer below yeah. with room temperature water. Give the plants 10 or 15 minutes to absorb whatever moisture they're going to, yes. and then uh, t dump the excess moisture out of the saucer after 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. Never, water, never keep African violets constantly moist. Feel oh. the surface of the soil. Mm -hmm. Wait till they get pretty dry. Now, not bone dry, hard, mm -hmm. desert dry, yes. but, but to the point where the, the, the sponginess is starting to leave the, mo the, the, the medium or the soil. Mm -hmm. um, African violets, if they get too dry, they'll actually just get quite limp, and you'll be able to see, you'll feel the leaves will just kind of hang there. Mm -hmm. That's too dry. So you want to get them almost to that point. So you might water once a week, you might water once every 10 days, it kind of depends on the temperature of yeah. your home. And if you think of it, African violets love to be fertilized. 
They love to be oh, fed. Yeah. And there's great African violet um, tablets or liquid feed mm-hmm. out there. Uh, follow yeah. the directions on the fertilizer. You yeah. can have African violets blooming year-round if you can find mm-hmm. the sort of perfect situation for them. So a bright spot, as you've mm-hmm. got it, yeah. moist but not too wet. Not too wet. Never watered from the top and fertilized mm-hmm. consistently. And you'll find that they'll, they'll do quite well. Keep them tidy. Keep them clean. If you have leaves that are... Mm-hmm. yellow or turning brown, remove mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, keep them. They're, they're quite vain, I find. African violets, they need to be admired, so tell them every day how beautiful they are, and oh. they will respond. You'll see. Oh, thank you very <laughs> okay. much. Thanks a lot. And don't worry about talking to your plants. It's okay. No, they will, I'll, I'll talk to them. They'll respond. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Thank you very much. Yeah, talking to your plants. Not yeah, crazy. Not it's, crazy. No, they like it, They right? do. Well, some do. Some really respond. African violets respond. Uh-huh. They are very When they start talking back to you, however, that's <laughs> a whole different story. Show them okay. the composter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pat in Grafton, welcome to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Good morning and Happy New Year to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Same to you. Uh, strangely enough, I have a question about an African violet. Mm-hmm. I have had violets for years. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say how many because that will date me. Um, <laughs> I have good success with them. I do basically all the wrong things, water them from the top, whatever, mm-hmm. and they just do very well for me. Yep. I have one that I have had, uh, was given to me 38 years ago, and I have had, through propagation, have had this violet all of this time. It's a very large one. It blooms profusely. It's a dark, dark purple. And I noticed... Now, it's been in the same location in my new house for the last four and a half years. It's on a very wide shelf in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, gets the east sun in the morning, loves it. And all of a sudden, I've noticed that there are little teeny, teeny, like, pencil point size brown spots appearing on the leaves. Now, I've looked for mites. I can't mm-hmm. find any mites. I can't find any bugs on it. And now some of the leaves have started turning brown at the very tips and, and then just working its way down to the whole leaf just turns brown and drops off. Hmm. Okay. And, well, I, and you've been caring for it exactly the same for as much as you can for 38 years. Yeah. Is I a, mean, it's, it's taken a lot of abuse, mm-hmm. and it just keeps coming back. <laughs> wow. That's well, a- that's amazing. You know, good for you, number one. Congratulations on doing that well and, you know, having such a happy African violet for so long and being able to propagate and share is great. Now, according to my handy-dandy The Houseplant Expert, which is sort of the Bible of houseplants, uh, African violets, as you know, you've got lots of experience, are pretty uh, amenable to a lot of situations. Brown spots on leaves are caused by cold water has been used for watering. Always use tepid water. Is that possible? Um, no, I don't think that's the problem. I don't use, like, ice water on them. No. So tepid and, meaning room temperature. So you do make a point of having water stand out for 24 hours before you water uh, plants typically? No, or? never have. No. And I'm on a well with a potassium softener. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get the chlorine or, you know, any of that stuff. But, I mean, it, this has just started in maybe the last three or four months. And I I, I don't know. Like, I thought it would, might be an insect problem, but I don't know how to treat it. No. Well, don't, yeah, don't assume it's an insect problem unless you actually see insects. And, uh, frankly, there are very few insects that ever attack African violets. They're furry little leaves. The fur protects them from insects. The insects can't get through. They don't like all that fur. They stay away. They'd right. much rather go to a smooth-leaved plant than a furry one. So, and, and this one, being in the bathroom, is separate mm-hmm. from all my other plants, so it doesn't have a chance to pick up bugs. Or yeah. Anything. When I think of brown spots, I, I usually think of uh, mildew, mold. Uh, is it possible that it's just super much more humid, obviously, in the bathroom than in other parts of your home? When you've had this plant in the past, was it also in a washroom in the past? No, but it's been in this washroom for four and a half years. Four and a half years, and now suddenly doing the brown spots. Yeah. They're kind of a, a yellowy, uh, uh, I want to say brown. They're mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a milky white, yellow, creamy colored spot. Hmm. And uh, it's really, and when I think about it, 
I, like I used to have like 10, 12 violets. Mm-hmm. And um, the leaves kept sort of looking like this, and I finally just chucked them all. But this one, this one has... Yeah. Never because did this before. It's a part of the family. Yeah, yeah I bet. Whew, big time. Okay, well, here's here's some other suggestions out of, like I say, my, my Bible of houseplants, the houseplant expert. Uh, straw-colored patches on leaves caused by too much direct sun in summer. Leaf edges may turn yellow and holes may develop. Uh, I doubt that's your thing in an eastern window. Brown spots on leaves, as I mentioned, cold water, avoid that, always use tepid water. Yellowing leaves, the cause, there are several possible reasons. Dry air is a frequent cause, so are too much sun and incorrect watering. Overfeeding can result in yellowing, Making sure, make sure you follow the instructions on any fertilizer. Uh, pale green leaves with long stalks, well that, the plant has been chilled. You haven't had a teenager move into your house recently, have you? No. Okay, I was going to say, those teenagers, they take the four-hour showers, and they raise the humidity much higher than when adults live in a home. And so I'm just thinking of a humidity thing going on there. Uh, limp leaves, center crown, rotten. No, that's not your problem at no. all. Um, flowering, it's the moldy leaves. Uh, botrytis or powdery mildew disease. Stop misting the leaves. Pick off and destroy diseased parts. Uh, no, use I've a fungicide. With, I've dealt with the mold. Yeah. Or the powdery mildew. I've had that on not this plant, but mm-hmm. I know how to deal with that. Yeah. I have a powdered sulfur that I use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are kind of the the main things that could have happened. Um, you want to leave it with me? I'll see if I can come up with any other suggestions, and I'll report back next week. But um, okay. I can even ask my mother, the expert. She's <laughs> yeah. now she hasn't got the thirty eight year old African violets, but I bet you she's got the twenty five year old African violets at her house. So <laughs> she's well. similar to you. She's had good success with them. Maybe she'll have a good idea for us. I love them because they're such an easy plant to care for. People say, I just can't grow African mm-hmm. violets, and I'm thinking, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah I, I generally ignore mine, and they kind of look like I ignore them. They, yeah, they're, they're trying to thrive on neglect. <laughs> <laughs> not us. I have a few of those plants in my house that thrive on That's neglect. right. They're my favorite kind. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, All right. Uh, thanks, Pat. So I See if I can come up with any any other suggestions for next week. Would it help if I took a picture of the leaf and and eat? Definitely, definitely. Okay, do well, that for sure. Life is supposed to settle down a little bit. Yeah, uh, supposedly, right? Yeah. Post Christmas. Thank you so much. Thanks, I enjoy Pat. the program and listen to it as often as I can. I'm interested in the podcast thing. Yeah, yeah for I'll sure. Give that a try. Definitely go to iTunes. That's we're on iTunes. Very cool right. and easy to access. Super. Thank you All very much. free. Thank Thanks, you. Pat. Have a, have a great two, uh, 2010. And now we're going to trot off to horseshoe. Just before we trot yes. anywhere, All right. <laughs> you and your horseshoe, uh, I just thought for Pat's benefit and anybody else, my email address, as even though Frank already did it once, I'll do it again. C. Dobbin, first initial C, D O B B I N, at am740.ca and photos being sent when it comes to diagnostics is a great idea. It's a, it is always easier to have a better sense. If you can take a photo and email, happy to look. Okay, and although you rode roughshod over me... <laughs> you know, uh, so no, your turn now, No, no, honey. I see. I said horseshoe because we're getting a call from Isabella. I only presume she's in Horseshoe Valley. Horseshoe Valley, I, think. I would think. Yeah. But let's check that out for real. Hi, Isabel. Yes. Morning. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. Yep. Are you calling from Horseshoe Valley, I guess? Yes. Nice. And I, you say to water the violets from the bottom. Mm-hmm. How do you, I, and I understand you're not supposed to really soak violets, so how do you do it without knowing how much water to put? Well, your violets, I assume, are sitting in some kind of an overpot or a saucer or a bowl or whatever, so that when you do water, the water drains through the drainage holes, right? Well, I, can you speak up? I can't hear you very well. <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll speak a little louder. The, um, the other option, perhaps, which might be a better option for you, uh, Isabel, can, maybe you should just w- hang, hang up the phone and then turn your radio back up. You might be clearer that way. Okay. All okay. right. Thanks Thank for you. your question, though. Just a moment. Sure. You go ahead. Yeah. We're, this is the African Violet Show. <laughs> for those who can't see, I'm doing a little tap dance little, to uh, Vamp. Vamp till ready. <laughs> Charlie Dobbin show. Boom. There. There we go. Giving Isabel a time to. Uh, All right. So Isabel yes. now has her radio turned up, and she's going to hear the answer to the question. Well, recognizing that when we buy African violets and when we buy any houseplant, they come in a pot with drainage holes. 
when we bring them home, we usually sit those little pots with the drainage holes into an over pot or a, what's called a cash pot mm. or even just a saucer below so that when we water, the water will drain through and be caught by the outer uh, bowl or saucer. So uh, Isabel's question was, well, how do I know how much water? Mm. Kind of depends what you've got your African violet sitting in. But bottom line is they come in typically four-inch pots. So when you're watering an African violet, the most you're going to give it is a, about a quarter of a cup or less of water at a time. And I would pour that amount of water into the outer saucer or bowl, mm -hmm. wait 10 or 15 minutes, take a look. That water will have either disappeared up into, mm -hmm. the, into the African violet pot and its soil, or it will still be sitting there in the, in the soil because the plant took what it needed into the bowl. So just dump it into the sink. An excellent way to really, really water African violets is to is to submerge the uh, the plants, and not a bad idea, particularly if it's a plant that's been in the same soil for many, mm -hmm. many years. Salt does tend to build up, and it tends to become you know a white uh, material in the soil. So remember, I mean, you can always um, do this uh, push the. Sorry, the immersion method. So, of course, mm -hmm. the immersion method is where you fill the sink with water and you take the whole plant and you put it into the water with the, the, rim, of the, so, uh, the rim of the pot under the water. Mm -hmm. And the, the plant is really, like, underwater at that yeah. point. That will uh, neutralize some of the salts, wash some of the salts out, and it really thoroughly waters the plant. So then you're good to go for sometimes and weeks. empty the water, leave the plants in yeah. the sink drain. to drain, and uh, away you go. That's right. And you're, right. it's a serious moisture, you know, serious watering. But it does... It's a nice way, like I say, to el eliminate some of the salts that build up. Because we do fertilize our African violets fairly consistently, and salt does build well, what up. What fertilizer do you use on Is there specific fertilizer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, a very specific. Um, my favorite is... The one I tend to use is called Power Caps. And they're little capsules that have lots of power in them mm -hmm. to make African violets bloom. Uh, another favorite many people use is called Granny's Bloomers. <laughs> and that's because African violets that's are always considered uh, a granny's plant. Uh, there's, so there's many yeah. of them out there that are specifically for African violets. And many people have their favorite that they'll use. Granny's bloomers is a liquid, so a certain amount of drops go into your water, and then you water with that. Uh, the little tablets, same mm -hmm. thing, you dissolve in water, and then water with that. I yeah. like that. Granny, granny's, granny's bloomers. bloomers. Well, Cute, eh? righty. We're going to take a little bit of a commercial break here, okay. Charlie, and come back and answer more questions, offer more advice. Uh, that is, Charlie will. I will stay silent for the most. <coughs> <laughs> Phone numbers to call once again in Toronto, 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, please call. It's uh, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back with Charlie Dobbin here on AM740 in just a moment. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. That's love it, eh? And a good morning once again, Frank Proctor along with Charlie. And we're going to have a word here with John from Dunville. Hi, John. I wish you a happy new year. I wish you a happy new year. And many more. Thanks, John. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Okay. Thank you, John. <laughs> and you do. Uh, what I was calling about mm -hmm. was uh, sawdust, and uh, I do a lot of uh, stuff with a chainsaw. Mm -hmm. And I get sometimes, if I cut with the grain, I get these big chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, soft, mostly hard wood. And I was wondering about uh, putting this on the garden. I've heard yes, and I've heard no. <laughs> uh, well, mostly it's a yes. The main uh, time I'll, it's... I'll you, uh, I'm going to put you on the radio. Okay. You can hear better, perhaps, on and the I radio. I can hear you better. All right, perfect. All right, John, thank Thanks, you for the John. call. Already. And thank you for the song. That was great. Yeah. I think we should make everybody sing to us before they ask a question. you got to earn your question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, well, let's consider that for our show. All righty. All right. So jo John will have the radio on by now. His question was, you know, what about the wood sawdust and even chips that come off all this chainsawing that he's doing? Absolutely, yes. Wood chips and wood sawdust can definitely go on the garden in most cases. The times you don't want to include any of these sawdust or chips on your garden are if they come from a walnut tree. Do not put that into the garden. Walnuts are notorious for slowing the growth of other plants. So we keep walnut, chips, and sawdust right away from our gardens. 
Uh, he mentioned it's mostly hardwood, so I imagine it's things like oaks and maples that he's working with a lot. Perfect for the garden. Keep in mind, though, the way it works, whenever you take uh, wood product, whether it be the, the mulch that we buy in a bag and put it on our, the surface of our soil in late spring to help keep the weeds down, keep the moisture in, you know, provide some ornamental, uh, finished, beautiful look to our gardens, the wood chips, any organic product like that, will immediately begin to be decomposed by all the little organisms in our soil. It's all good. Keep in mind, though, that those organisms require some of the nutrients that we, our plants require in order to do the decomposing of the wood. So the trick is, if you're going to put wood chips on your garden or incorporate any of these uh, undecomposed wood products into your soil, do add some fairly high nitrogen fertilizer first. It could be just a, a synthetic fertilizer or it could be manure because it's high in nitrogen. Bottom line is you need to get some nitrogen into that soil prior to the wood product being introduced. That way, it, number one, will decompose faster, but also, number two, your plants will have access to important uh, essential micro, um, micro and macronutrients like nitrogen. So absolutely use that those wood products. Don't even think twice about it, but remember to fertilize before the wood goes in. Okay? All righty. It's uh, 948. Still got time for another call here. But I find your suggestion, though, of having folks sing a sing, song yeah. to get... Marvelous. Something Sing like, you know, for your anything, anything you do with, with plants or flowers, like red roses for a blue lady, mm. huh? uh, green leaves, Letterman <laughs> had that song out, uh, willow weep for me, or how about this, my wild Irish rose, and isn't that strange, Rose is oh. on the line what from Port Perry. What a coincidence. <laughs> Hello, Rose, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Charlie good morning. and Frank. Have a happy new year, please. May I wish you that? Thank you. And all the best. And I have a quick question. I have a beautiful clevia mm -hmm. uh, in my home, and uh, it had three uh, gorgeous um, flowers or stem on the on the stem. Mm -hmm. But now um, I discovered it has three or four new shoots mm -hmm. coming out of the, uh, the the side, and I really don't know what to do with it. It uh, you know, usually I know when to when to uh, take it apart uh, on other plants, but this one it looks so solid. I <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid of taking it apart. Well, the main thing with clivia or clivia, as, yes. as it's called, it likes to be pot bound. So it's all right if it all seems a bit crowded in the pot. Yes, they will always do better and flower better in a pot bound situation. Now the question of propagating or dividing up those, you've got little baby shoots yes. coming off, you know, baby plants. Definitely you can do that when, you know, do that separating of daughters from mother plant when you're repotting. But you won't repot until this plant is severely pot bound. I see. Okay, so how long have you had the plant in your home at this point? About uh, two years. About two years. So if you're going to repot, we repot after flowering. And you say, did it just recently flower before Christmas, or, or it's... Uh, it was late uh, late fall, yes. Okay. So, just to, you'll know it's time to repot if you can see, you know, roots beginning to grow through the drainage holes in the bottom. Uh, or the plant just, you know, there's roots all on the surface, you know, you're virtually down to no soil left in the pot, just roots. Then it's time to repot, and at that point you can get out your knife and you can sever the babies from the mother and set them out into their own pots. But, okay. but don't repot unless it's absolutely necessary, and typically we repot the clivias after they're finished flowering. Okay, and okay. no, it's not necessary. I can see that. I looked, and there's plenty of, of soil, and it's doing very well. So I better leave it until, mm -hmm. as you say, it's it's time to do that. That's right. Might be another year year yet. And then I can take a knife and and uh, uh, cut them. Uh, that, that's right. That's my that was my question yeah. actually. Yeah, you'll sever the daughter plants from the mother plant. Perfect. All right. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Thanks Rose. Thank you. Have a great New Year. Okay, we're at uh, 951, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll just repeat the little phone numbers oh, here good first. Point. Yep. Okay, 416 And if you're anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740 for Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show, emanating from AM740. We'll take a little break here, come back, and deal with more garden questions after these words. 
Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along here at AM740. And uh, you've got a little note on your uh, paper here. I do. I have Mm. one more question. This was sent by email from John Hutchings. And he says, you know, he enjoys the show. His question is, how and when should he repot and divide a very old, hard-as-a-bullet aspidestra, aspidestra named Albert that has been in a 12-inch pot for more than 10 years? Wow. Yeah. That's, that might not be a record, but it's a damn good average. <laughs> That's right. Huh? Yeah. So it's interesting. So he's got an aspidestra, which is a, um, also commonly known as cast iron plant. Wonderful plant. Actually, this would be a good one for you, Frank. Tough as nails. Pretty hard to kill a cast iron or an aspidistra. You can take this plant, you can put it in the back of your closet, and a year later pull it out and it will look exactly the same. No. Pretty close, yeah. Well, I like that plant already. That's a tough plant. Uh, So the question was how and when to repot. So spring is always Mm -hmm. the best time, John, and uh, because... In the spring, if, if when plants are going to sort of wake up and begin to actively grow mm-hmm. is when they can most handle shocking things like repotting and dividing. So it's very old, hard as a bullet. So I guess the trick here would be to water it really thoroughly to soften up whatever soil might be left in that pot. Slide the plant out of the pot onto a piece of newspaper. Uh, I would probably be doing this in March, if you can put it off that long, John. Nice sharp knife in hand, Mm -hmm. might be sort of a butcher knife type knife, and you will slice the the whole clump uh, so that you've got stem and root always attached Mm -hmm. to whatever number of different plants will come out of that one pot and repot fresh soil, fresh clean pots, uh, and you're good to go for another 10 years, really. Wow. Now, that's Albert, the plant named Albert, so there's a lot of little baby Albertines coming off of that, too, <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> you'll have to have some, some more names. Welcome to the nursery. Yes. That's right. <laughs> okay. Gee, we've got folks on the line here all waiting right. for your advice, so let's uh, first of all go and say hi to Elizabeth calling in from Paris, Ontario, I presume. Yes. Hi. Good morning, Elizabeth. Hi. Good morning. I have a rosemary plant, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't use it a whole lot. Well, I don't know. I took a nip off it one day, and I don't know. Do it? People ever get allergic to rosemary? Because I just got choked right up with it. But I don't know whether it was that or not. But could, anyway, I love the plant. It's very aromatic. So <laughs> yeah, it could. You know, sometimes people do develop a sensitivity to any plant, as possible. Well, I don't know. It was when I <laughs> ate it, it just oh, really? choked me up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the plant, and it, uh-huh. it's. Uh, I started from a little one last year, yeah. and uh, it's grown like crazy, but I would like to make a nice little tree out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, how much can I take off? It's just going crazy right now since the sun's starting to come out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> how much can I nip off the ends to so I don't spoil it? Oh, well, the rule of thumb with any plant is you can, do, you can prune it as much as one-third at any time. It has one huge place comes up the center it's mm-hmm. got to be over two feet tall and then it's like a, a wheel there's about five big shoots go out at the side mm. nice. so i just wondered should i nip a little bit off yeah. each one to if, kind of- absolutely and if it's that big i mean you could even use um fairly long like shears like long uh bladed tool to try and start that shape you won't get the sh- the, per- the perfect little tree shape right away but well, work it's on not it. thick in the center at all it's just as this one tall up the center with all the little side shoots and then these five kind of main branches come out mm-hmm. you know and there's a few other little ones in between but they have uh, like four inch maybe four inch little shoots coming out all the way up the stems. Yeah well you'll find that by doing that the, the nipping of the tips that we were talking about you will cause more growth from the inside. Which is probably what you want. You yes, th- it is. Thicken that plant up, uh, you know, stop it from looking quite as, as sort of naked or gnarly in the center. Uh, encourage some inner growth. Encourage dense growth by, by trimming the tips. I thought maybe by next Christmas I could have my mm-hmm. own little Christmas tree. Hey, there you go. I bet you Very can. Nice. 
since I've kind of given up on the big Christmas tree. Yeah, why not? It's always nice to have a living tree of whatever, yeah. particularly if it's something that lives no, year I after year. Plant, so. Yeah. Well, that's great. great idea. Let us know how it goes. Yes, exactly. I will do that, and I certainly enjoy your show and all the other programs and AM 740. Well, thank you. Thanks thank you very much on behalf of all the other guys and girls. Uh, Karen, we can squeeze in one more call, I think, I think, if we're kind of quick here, and Hamilton calling in about a Christmas poinsettia. Hello, Karen. Morning. Good morning. I'm so glad to finally make contact. With there you Karen. go. Our pleasure. What's going on at your place? Well, I just wanted to share with you, I have a poinsettia plant mm-hmm. that I planted in my garden last uh, summer. Mm-hmm. I often do that because it's great foliage in the garden. Mm-hmm. And I brought it back in in October and put it in my back bedroom, which I don't go into very often or turn on a light. And the week before Christmas, I went in and was rewarded by uh, seeing it coming into bloom again. Oh, isn't that neat? Good for you. Mm. So I've always considered myself a gardener by default, so I guess <laughs> this would probably be a good example. So often that's how it works the best, is when we neglect things, they just come along beautifully, don't they? They absolutely <laughs> do. I mean, it's not a, it's not going to be a perfect bloom, but, uh, you know, I was just so excited to see this, this, this red color here when I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that's right. And that's but, exactly what you do, is putting it into that dark bedroom made all the difference. Uh, well, it was beginning its 14 hours of light, mm-hmm. uh, of darkness. Dark, yep. um, so, you know, that was great. Perfect. And the other thing that you helped me with immensely was my African violets. I followed your mother's advice mm-hmm. and uh, made sure that they got into a nice sunny window. This was last year, mm-hmm. and I was rewarded last February by this beautiful pink African violet, mm. which is still blooming to, to this day. It gives me a lot of pleasure and enjoyment. Good stuff. Thank well, you so much, good Karen. Good stories. Okay, Thanks so much for sharing. And, and, and thank you. you for bringing up the d- domestic uh, dispute between uh, <laughs> Charlie and her mom. Her mom now leads one nothing. <laughs> I'm just keeping score. Yeah, yeah. And she okay. was leading the last time yeah. uh, we had a few callers. I know. It's true. <laughs> yes, right. my mother knows pretty much everything. Well, well, there you are. Between my mother and my father, really, yeah. they both know everything. Yeah. And you know, lucky. You know, pretty well zipped. Yeah. Okay. Hey, folks, thank you very yes. much for tuning our way here. Charlie Dobbin and I uh, yes, appreciate always. your patronage. And love to hear your questions. And, and that was a very nice story to end on, Karen's yeah, uh, exactly. successes. Very good. And you're here for the next few hours. Yes. Live in the city with yours truly. Mm-hmm. Got uh, some some folks that I think you really want to talk to or at least listen mm-hmm. to as mm-hmm. they talk. Uh, one, one young lady, about 11.15 this morning, going to tell us about her charity that she started when she was 14, Snug as a Bug, Kids Helping Kids. I'll tell you more about that a little later on in the show, but it's going to be going to be good. Just 17 years old of age and has done so much in the way of charity work. Unbelievable. Anyway, one of the good stories. Yeah, exactly. Well, I definitely want to listen to that. So thank you, Frank, again, for all your sous chef capabilities. And thank you, Grace, for all your good backup. And thanks to all the great callers. Yep. Love to hear from all of you and see you all next week. Absolutely. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.